You're now listening to Let's Talk Trees, a podcast brought to you by Safari Craft with me, Anggi Cahyaning Diaz. For this episode, we're going to discuss about forests as forests provide crucial goods and services to the planet and human well-being. Moreover, they provide ecosystem services and crucial role in global climate regulation. So to maximize its potential in mitigating climate crisis, forests have to be sustainably managed and therefore forest monitoring systems are needed. So we are going to discuss a new publication from a team of scientists from Wageningen University, Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, and also C4. And for that, we have three guests here with me. The first one is Veronique Desi, or Nikki Desi. Nikki is an assistant professor at the Laboratory of Geoinformation Science and Remote Sensing of Wageningen University. Her specialization is interdisciplinary research on land use change dynamics, climate change mitigation, and sustainable development. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Angie. Happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about this research we did on forest monitoring capacities across the globe. Thank you. Can't wait to hear from you. And our second guest, Ansi Pekkarinen, is a senior forestry officer at the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, or FAO, and coordinator of the Global Forest Resource Assessment Program. Hi, Ansi. Hi, Angie. I'm, I'm very happy to be here with you and the colleagues. And last but not least, our last guest, also from the FAO, is Julian Fox. Julian is the team leader of National Forest Monitoring, and he has more than 20 years of experience in his pocket. Hi, Julian. Hi, Angie. Great to be here, and uh, I look forward to the discussion. I'm very glad to host this discussion, and I can't wait to see what is going on. So maybe first I will go to Ansi. Can you give us a little bit of a background? What is important in this study and findings? Thanks, Angie. Let me let me start with the with the, basically the background and where these data come from. And I think that then my colleague from Wageningen University can can tell us a little bit more about the the actual results. This study is based on data and metadata collected in the Global Forest Resources Assessment of the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. And this is something. These assessments are something that we have been doing for a long time. In fact, the First of these assessments was published already in, in 1948, more than 70 years ago. And uh, now the recent assessments have been conducted every five years. And this, this data and metadata that we used as a basis of this study were collected through a global network of officially nominated national correspondents. Those are the focal points that are responsible for compiling the national information and reporting that to FAO. This is just to say that these assessments are based on official data that the countries have and have reported to FAO by the national authorities. And the latest FRA, as we call them, was published last year. And now that we have the results of this assessment at hand, we decided to join the forces with the colleagues from University of Wageningen and C4 to have a closer look at the metadata and the story they tell about the forest monitoring capacity in the countries. I see. So this has been around since 70 years ago, but yep. now we see there are promising development in this one. So I will move to Nikki. Maybe you can tell us what's the improvement, the latest finding. Um, so what we really saw uh, with this analysis, we, which, which we also did for the first time on the, the global scale, is that we observed 
quite some improvement in countries' capacity to monitor their forests, both using remote sensing and national forest inventories. Uh, if you look at 15 years ago, there were about 55 countries globally that had good to very good capacities to use remote sensing to monitor their forests. And in 2020, yeah, in our latest uh, year that we looked at, that number was 1.8 times higher and about 99 countries now have such really good to very good capacities. And I think that's very good to see. And actually the same when it comes to field inventories, uh, the positive development was even stronger. Uh, there were also looking back in 2005, these capacities uh, for using field inventories was in general also lower, but we really saw also some catching up there eh? and the number of countries that now can monitor eh, that have good or very good national forest inventories have more than doubled since 2005 and more than 100 countries have now good national forest inventories and I think that's very good news. So in summary, we see that 85% of global forest cover is now monitored with adequate national remote sensing or field inventory systems. And uh, I think that's a very hopeful result of this study. That's very interesting. 85% of the global forest is now monitored. And how this improvement happened? Julian, do you want to answer this first? Sure, Angie. Yeah, so I mean, so my team supports the national governments on developing their forest monitoring systems and capacity at the national level. So it's very complementary to the team of ANSI, who collects all that national data into this really important global flower report. So yeah, what we've seen, and this is, I mean, this paper is really great news for the forest monitoring community because for 10 years we've been working really hard with the countries to try and develop this capacity and these national forest monitoring systems. And uh, through that 10 years, it's been, I think many people, donors, the countries themselves have realized that these systems are really critical for them to articulate the relationship between their forests and climate change through initiatives like Red Plus, but also to give themselves better information on where their forest is, how their forests are changing and, and helping them actually manage their forests. So 10 years of, of pretty hard work from the community, I think is, is now coming up through this scientific report, which is really wonderful. So how did it happen? Well, as I said, I think a huge effort from, from FAO and many other support providers over 10 years on capacity development with many governments, which has been a really nice collaborative exercise. And the second catalyst, has been the increasing accessibility of technical solutions, um, geospatial platforms. It's been really a golden age uh, for remote sensing. And, uh, and as FAO, we've been really proud to push uh, the open source solutions for, for a lot of uh, governments for the first time to really do uh, remote sensing analysis. And as Nikki and Ansi said, it's fantastic to see for the first time, many countries are going into the forest and measuring the trees. They're, they're doing national forest inventory. So when you put these two things together, you end up with really good reports to the FRA on forest area and forest area change, and also to the climate change convention. So um, maybe that's enough from my side, but over to Nikki, because I think there's a lot more um, exciting stuff in this, this paper. Yes, Nikki or Ansi, if you want to add that, please feel free. Yeah, I think Julian touched upon many of the points. Uh, so why this improvement happened? And I, th I think it's also in general a, a heightened attention to climate change mitigation and especially also the Red Plus program, I think had caused a big push for countries to start thinking about national forest monitoring systems and, and setting those up. I think also with a lot of the, the funding coming from the Red Plus program in the readiness phase. And, and I think 
I, I, f I feel that this also gave a, a big push to for countries to start improving their forest monitoring systems, especially in the tropics, of course. And that's also something we see in the results, for example, in our findings is that especially in the tropics, we see this uh, a big improvement in the use of remote sensing and, and national forest inventories for forest monitoring. All right, great. So this is a very good example of how success can be achieved if the actors are working together, government, technical solutions from universities, researchers, and also international organizations give this some push. So wonderful. I will move to the next question. Why is it important for countries to develop forest monitoring capacity? Maybe I'll go first to Julian again. Great. Yes, it is really important for two two major reasons. Um, as Nikki touched on, it is required for countries to participate in Red Plus. So if countries want to reduce emissions from deforestation and degradation and also enhance the way they're managing their forests, they need a national forest monitoring system. And they need to they need to develop that and then use it to report uh, reference emission levels and and then results against that reference emission level. So it's a really exciting moment because now under the Climate Change Convention we have 54 countries have submitted detailed forest monitoring reports for um, transparent external review, which is which is a really a step forward I think in for the forest monitoring community and the transparency of the whole process. And I mean, these 54 countries, they're mainly tropical developing countries, they represent 80% of the global deforestation as reported in the FRA. So having these countries participating in Red Plus, having them developed a national forest monitoring system is a massive step forward. And already um, in the latest, uh, as of now, we have 14 countries that have submitted Red Plus results. So they've submitted a result against their reference emission level, a, a reduction in emissions. When you add all these up, it's actually 10 billion tons of carbon dioxide. It's already, it's already climate action reported to the Climate Change Convention. And 10 billion tons of carbon dioxide is equivalent to aviation emissions for, for the whole world for the last 25 years. So it's a really significant contribution to climate action. So this is great. This is, you know, it's so important that countries are participating in initiatives like Red Plus. They're, they're reducing their deforestation and degradation. And the whole basis of this is their national forest monitoring systems. And then the second really critical part is it's allowing the countries to actually monitor their forests and answer those questions at the national level. So many countries are using these systems to improve their forest management, develop forest policies and try and manage their forests to support livelihoods, to, to support multiple the multiple benefits that forests provide at the national level. So yet yeah, two critical um, reasons why national forest monitoring systems are so important. Thank you. I'm intrigued. How does this help alleviate forest loss and mitigate climate crisis in the process? So maybe Nikki or Ansi, can you elaborate more on this point? Okay, so, so how do forest monitoring capacity helps to alleviate forest loss and mitigate climate crisis? I think it really helps countries, apart from uh, the point Julian made about having basically access to climate finance and all these programs and, and, and conventions, I think it really helps also countries to determine and, and support the policy cycle, basically. Yeah? So how making the policies, setting priorities, you know, having a better idea about, you know, what is happening, where, when it comes to forest change, you know, it really helps them to tackle also on a national or even subnational level to tackle and grasp the problem a bit 
better, I would say, and also to really evaluate what works and, and doesn't work. Eh? You can, of course, at one point you start to implement policies uh, to try and reduce forest loss or emissions from deforestation and forest degradation. And I think it also really helps if you can monitor also the, the impact of those uh, policies. Thank you, Nikki. And Ansi, would you give some global point of view in that? Thanks, thanks, Angie and colleagues. I think that there are many, many good points already raised, and the the fact that we need to have good and timely information about forests and different aspects of of forest resources and their management and use for different different policy policy formulation and and decision making. But also in the global global sense, these these data are key in monitoring progress uh, towards, for example, sustainable development goals of the Agenda 2030. They are also important uh, for monitoring progress towards the global forest goals of the United Nations Strategic Plan for Forests and also will be important for the post-2020 global biodiversity framework and so on and so forth. And I think that also having this good data at the national level will help the countries to identify forest restoration possibilities. So it's it's really important that this, these data are good and that the decisions that will be taken at different levels will be based on good, uh, transparent and timely information. That's great. So hope this could trickle to even bigger steps. So I will move to um, my next questions. I would love to ask perhaps if you can give some examples of some successful national forest monitoring systems based on this report, maybe Julian first. Yeah, so um, basically we have 60 countries that have developed like national forest monitoring systems and they're, they're all at different uh, different levels of development. Uh, many countries start with sort of basic systems and they strengthen them through time under the, under the convention. The definition of a national forest monitoring system is that they, they meet certain requirements, but they're, they improved in a stepwise fashion. And um, so I think all national forest monitoring systems are great um, and it's really important that countries develop them. That the really successful ones in my mind are the ones that are already been, as mentioned by Nikki and Ansi, are really linked to the country's forest management and forest policy development. I think that's uh, countries that take this opportunity to not only develop a system for reporting, but identify their national needs and develop a system to answer those needs with, with good data. You know, you can't manage what you can't measure. I would say they're the really successful ones. And last year we did a nice paper. It was called Better Better Data, Better Decisions. And we, we explored this topic and we brought out, I think, three countries where, where we observed this, this, we call it institutionalization and real, really clear linkage to forest policy and forest management. The first one is Brazil. They developed a, a very strong national forest monitoring system and, and linked it directly to their forest policy and forest management. And that was the mechanism to drive down deforestation over 15 years. It's like the poster child of, of forest monitoring. It's, it's Brazil did an amazing job with this. The second one was an example of Cameroon, where they developed a national forest monitoring system, but they used this opportunity to really improve their sustainable forest management at the, the national level. And they, they set up policies and mechanisms to have the data 
improve their improve their production forests and it was a really nice example um, of using uh, forest monitoring to improve sustainable forest management and the final example we brought out in this paper was Vietnam they used uh, a lot of forest monitoring a lot of field inventory a lot of remote sensing to drive a massive reforestation project over the last 10 years which has been which has been one of the the poster childs I would say of um, of how to reforest effectively uh, with a really really data-driven approach. So for us, those are three examples where countries have developed forest monitoring systems and used it to really drive national policies, national um, management in a really positive direction. Um, That's great to know. Uh, listeners, you can find out more about it. You can click on the link provided in the text accompanying this podcast. So then we go to our last question. So to wrap up this discussion, actually, we're now doing great, but what is still needed to support national forest monitoring globally and how to improve? So maybe I will go first to Nikki, ladies first, your wrap up point. I can think of a few things that we see from the findings where still improvements could be made. And I think one of the things is maybe the, the frequency of generating data, either with, with remote sensing or national forest inventories, really looking at trends, for example, especially when it comes to growing stock or biomass estimation, that, that it, this is sometimes still difficult for a lot of countries. Uh, so, so you know more or less, okay, what we have now, but what is the trend? I think that's also important. But that's more from maybe our academic standpoint is also looking sort of can you do, you know, solve this, for example, by combining national forest inventories more with remote sensing data to get these, for example, to go more towards space based biomass mapping and get more trends on biomass. Yeah, I think for me, indeed, the, the, the frequency of, of reporting would be or, or measuring or, or monitoring would be one of the, the improvements that could still could be made in many countries, not only for the FRA, but also for this point of, of supporting uh, policy uh, making and implementation and evaluation. Thank you, Nikki. Ansi, also your points, please. Thank you. Thank you, Angie. I think Nikki already had a very many good points, but I think that well, I can just repeat the time series information that, of course, is extremely important because we want to understand the changes. The status is important, but less important. What is important is that how the status changes in time. Uh, we need to also look into this more frequent reporting. And in, in, in fact, FAO has been asked by the member countries to actually analyze that how we could develop a reporting process that would allow more frequent update of the key indicators through the FRA process. And I think that that is something that we are studying at the moment. And within the next years, I believe that we will manage to put this system in place. That would mean that when a country has new data, they would be able to actually report those new data through the FRA process more or less imme immediately. And that would, of course, uh, improve the time, timeliness of the of the FRA database, which is actually now completely open and online uh, since the FRA 2020. Um, then, of course, we need to continue supporting the countries in the field to produce better data and also to build self-sustained national forest monitoring system. That is really, really important that the countries can also sustain these systems in the long run. We need to support them to, to report and to share forest-related data and information in accessible 
transparent and easy to understand manner. And I think that these these three points are really important. These data should be accessible accessible to anyone anywhere, and they should be reported in such a way that anyone can understand that how these data were collected, what were the underlying methods, and so on and so forth. And also that they are easy to understand for any anyone because this is this is key, you know, to increase the number of users because the users won't use something or that they cannot understand. Making these data easy to understand is key to to basically inform the the community. One more point is that we know that there are several different reporting processes. The countries report uh, for red blast, they report to the climate change convention, to the convention on biological diversity, to FRA, and et cetera, and et cetera, in addition to the national reporting needs. So we need to also to make an effort, at least at the international level, to connect these people and processes in such a way that they can exchange information and we can more explicitly explain the differences in the figures reported to different processes in the future. Thank you, Atsi. That's wonderful. Having this good forest monitoring capacity is one thing, but how to make it sustainable is a different thing. So I would move to Julian. Your points, please. What's still needed to support national forest monitoring globally? Thanks, Angie. Just to complement the comments of Ansi and Nikki, so two things. Firstly, it's really important that um, these systems are sustainable in the countries, and it is difficult. Yesterday, we had a really nice webinar uh, where we launched a new paper on on legal frameworks and, and how to institutionalize a national forest monitoring system. And this is really key. So a country develops capacity, develops a system, and then and we're trying to support countries on making this a legal, a legal instrument in the government, because once it is legally in the ministries and it has a mandate for data sharing and data reporting, then the government tends to finance it with national budgets. And that is still difficult for many countries. I mean, many of the, the forested countries are some of the poorest countries and, and creating a an allocation in the national budget for forest monitoring is really difficult. And I, I would say there is still a need for international finance to support some of these activities at the national level. So we really have to ensure that these systems are sustainable and are institutionalized. And I, I still think there's a role for international finance, public finance, to keep these systems operating. So that's the first really critical need. The second need at the moment we see for in terms of Red Plus is that we need to keep improving the quality of the data that's coming out of these national forest monitoring systems. And some of the some of the progress under this uh, paper is really nice, but we need to keep um, supporting countries with capacity development on remote sensing, on, on field inventory, because for Red Plus, for example, the public finance for results has pretty much dried up. And now, now the Red Plus community is looking to private finance and carbon markets, but to access those, those funds, countries need to have better data. So if if we want to keep uh, Red Plus uh, really alive and healthy and linked to, link to private finance, countries need to keep strengthening the national forest monitoring systems, uh, strengthening the way they're doing their remote sensing and strengthening the, the field inventory and the reporting so that the reports can help the country access that really critical private finance and private carbon markets, which, which actually provide access to a really a larger a larger amount of money than the public finance and could be a real catalyst for initiating 
red plus at scale over the next five to 10 years. So yeah, two major things I think we need to focus on, the quality of the data that's coming out of national forest monitoring systems through capacity development and sustainability and institutionalization. Um, thanks, Angie, back to you. Thank you, Julian. That's great. And actually, that should be our last question, but I'm kind of intrigued with ANSYS point because you touch base on cooperation and also connecting different reporting systems and institution to report to. My one last question for you, what, what would you love to see in terms of cooperation of these different actors? That, I hope you don't mind. <laughs> thanks, Angie. Yeah, that's a good, good question. And it's, I'm actually happy to report that we have already started this process of linking the people that are responsible for reporting on forests for their nation and for different processes. Just during the last few weeks, we have organized a few workshops now that actually bring together the focal points of the Global Forest Resources Assessment uh, the, the SDG reporting, which means that the, the focal points are focal points from the national statistical offices, plus the focal points of UNFCCC. And what we have done is that we have given the countries the possibility to present and discuss that how they are handling these different reporting processes in their countries. And at the same time, we are trying to increase the awareness of the participants about what we do at the FAO in, in the context of the Global Forest Resources Assessment. These have been work, first workshops uh, of their kind ever, and we are, but we are planning to continue this throughout the coming years to make sure that the focal points in the countries know each other and they also that the reports that they will prepare will be more explicit in explaining that what what the differences are between the figures and why there might be differences. We need to be better in explaining what are the reasons underlying those differences. Okay, thank you, Ansi. So linking all the important actors and institutions and get them to be in the same... Uh, Around the same um, table, exchange information. Yeah. Yes, and make <laughs> them communicate with each other. Thank you again. Nikki, Ansi, and Julian for being in the podcast. Thank you. Angie. Thank you thanks, very much, Angi. It's really delightful to host this one. And also thanks to you, to all listeners. See you on the next episode and stay safe, everyone. Bye.